blessing to know the Lord. And if you would, if you're able to stand this morning, we're in Genesis 39 as we continue our series on Sunday mornings and going along with our theme, It Is Well. And this morning, the title of our message is, It Is Well in Affliction. And last week, we got into Genesis chapter 39. We're studying mostly through the life of Joseph. And of course, Joseph is a picture, as we study the Word of God, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we see that he is a type of Christ. And uh, the word type is a model, a pattern that we can look to and pattern our lives after. The Bible says in the end of Genesis 39, in verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not, at, not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Notice twice, the Bible says the Lord was with him. Even in affliction, God was there with him. We're going to learn some wonderful lessons this morning that Joseph learned. Listen, he learned them while he was in prison. I don't know where you are in life, but I know one thing's for sure. You're not behind bars. But whatever you're going through may seem to be to you like a prison. Joseph learned that it is well in affliction. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, for the word of God. Thank you for the truths that we find that help us. Lord, today we look again to the life of Joseph, who is a beautiful type of what your son came to do when he came to this earth many years ago. Lord, help us to learn the lessons Joseph learned. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be content in whatsoever state that we are in, knowing that you are with us just like you were with Joseph. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated this morning. Joseph in his life, as we look early in Genesis 39, Remember how the Bible recorded that, that day after day, Potiphar's wife, she kept asking Joseph to lie with her. The Bible says that Joseph refused. Joseph would not do the wickedness that she was wanting him to do and sin against God. And the Bible records that there came a time, a day, where there was no one else in the house but her and him. He was there. To do his business. But understand that she was doing everything she could to try to entice him. Day in and day out, we find ourselves being enticed, the flesh wanting whatever it is, whatever it sees with the eye. But Joseph didn't give in. Joseph, the Bible says he fled, he got out of there. That's a great illustration for us. That when the times of temptation come to get out of there, don't hang around the sin because it'll eventually pull you down. 
Today we come to this portion where Joseph now is in prison and God always will prepare us. There's always a time of preparation before there's a time of blessing. God wanted to use Joseph and oddly it went through the prison. Joseph found himself in this period of time that God was preparing him for great importance. And again, understand whatever you're going through that God is preparing you right now in whatever affliction maybe you're going through that just like Joseph, Joseph found him in this school of affliction. This past week, I took one of our seniors from the high school and uh, we went out to uh, look at a Bible college and spent some time out there and had a great time, got to hear some preaching and, and catch up with a few people that I, I know. And, and uh, I, I got around college students again and I saw how they were uh, taking quizzes and taking tests and how they were uh, going through various aspects of, of their schooling. And, and the whole thought in mind is no matter if they're a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, or a senior, they are preparing themselves for future usefulness, but they're having to go through school to do that. Joseph was in what I would call the school of affliction. It was maybe a classroom that he didn't know he would find himself in. And Joseph, as an early and accurate picture of Christ, his life is a beautiful picture that helps us to get an even clearer picture of, of us today. Like I said, many of you maybe have experienced things, and we need to learn from Joseph's life a beautiful verse in, in your Bible, in your notes there this morning, Hebrews 5.8 the Bible says of him, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Did you hear that verse? He learned how to obey God by the times that he suffered, the times that he was afflicted. Remember, God loves you this morning. How many of you know that? God's not going to hurt his children. God is working all things together for good. God's good all the time. God's even good in the prison. And God was working in Joseph's life, but Joseph learned some lessons. And as I thought about this passage this week, and some verses following this, I thought of some lessons that Joseph learned while he was in prison. And I thought, boy, those are great lessons for my life. They're great lessons for all of us today, and I want you to not only listen and maybe take some notes, but take these lessons with you. Notice the first lesson that Joseph learned was he learned that God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. In your Bible, if you still have it open there in chapter 40, the, right where we pick up after the last verse we read in chapter 39... Look in verse 1 of chapter 40, and notice the phrase, and it came to pass. Notice after these things, after Joseph was cast into the prison, the Bible says that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth, that's a word for angry, mad, very upset. He was angry, wroth against two of his officers against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison 
the place where Joseph was bound. And the Bible says the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, talking about the butler and the baker, and Joseph served them, and they continued in season, notice here, in a season in war. So here Joseph is, he finds himself in prison, and not only is he there, and of course, I love Joseph's attitude while he was there in prison. He wasn't complaining, he wasn't griping, he wasn't moaning about his situation. And the reason you know that is because he was given responsibilities. As a matter of fact, I kind of look at Joseph as a model prisoner. And so here comes the butler and baker. And the, the captain of the guard puts these two individuals under Joseph's watch. He begins to take care of them. The Bible goes on to tell us that as they were there in prison, the butler, the baker, and Joseph, in verse 5, they dreamed a dream, both of them, talking about the butler and baker, and notice each man his dream in one night. So in the same evening, these, both these men, according to the interpretation of their dream, the butler and baker of the, of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison, and Joseph came in unto them in the morning, and he looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked the Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? And then he says to them, Tell me them. Tell me your dreams, I pray you. In other words, share them with me. And look at verse 9, the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, said to him, in my dream, behold, a, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes, and Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes, pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand, and Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place, and they shall deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast, wast his butler. Notice verse 14. Joseph says, but, in other words, Joseph believed that it was going to happen just as the dream said it would, Joseph's interpretation because he says to him in verse 14, But think on me when it shall be well with thee. Show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention unto me of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Notice verse 15. I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the, into the dungeon. Verse 16 picks up the story. When the chief baker saw the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket there was of all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. 
And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. Now I think I like the dream of the butler more than the dream of the baker. I think that I would much more want to be the butler in this story than the baker. But no doubt, both men in this story, they, in, they give these dreams to Joseph. And what does Joseph do? He interprets the dreams of the baker and the butler. And the Bible will teach us here this morning that their dreams came to pass. Here's what I want you to see this morning is that if God is working in your life like God was working in Joseph's life, God helped Joseph to understand the dreams, to be able to interpret the dreams. And think about this, that God's delays sometimes are on purpose. God doesn't work in our timetable. God has his own timetable. Remember what happened when uh, Lazarus had died? Remember his sisters, Mary and Martha? Kind of strange, sisters who actually loved their brother. Think about that one. And you remember how upset they were? that Jesus didn't come while Lazarus was still alive. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't wait till the day after or two days after. He waited four days. Mary and Martha didn't understand that. But you know, we, we know it and we say it around here all the time. God can do anything. With God, all things are possible. God can raise the dead. The Bible teaches us that Lazarus came forth from the tomb. So here Joseph is, God is with him, and God delays. God doesn't deliver Joseph from the prison, or as the Bible mentioned, the dungeon. Kind of seems like a mental dilemma to us that God delays sometimes on purpose, sometimes in our own lives. We wonder why others receive the blessings in their lives that we in our lives so desperately need. And it's our faith. Listen, folks, you just heard her sing the song. It's our faith that sustains us. It's our faith in God, not our faith in ourselves that gives us hope. Every day I get up, my hope is not in me. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what Joseph's hope was. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, it's a tragic thing when a person succeeds before he is ready for it. Interesting. Joseph, you know what? He wasn't quite there yet. He was getting there. He was, as the Bible mentions, in the refiner's fire. God was getting the dross out of his life. God was preparing him. And here's how God prepared him. In the school of affliction. And he was doing this for a purpose. Again, God works all things together for good. Joseph was learning, just like the psalmist, he was learning the realities of the prayer in Psalm 25, 5. Listen, lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. Listen to these words, on thee do I wait all the day. Have you waited on the Lord? 
I don't know about you, but I'm not a very patient person. And yet the Bible teaches us, Psalm 25, 21, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Psalm 27, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the, of the man who bringeth forth wicked devices to pass. Wait on the Lord, keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. Because of his strength will I wait upon thee, for God is my defense. Psalm 62, my soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. How's your waiting game going? Are you getting anxious? God, I've been in this school of affliction a little too long. Shouldn't I be graduated by now? Shouldn't I be at least another year along in this school? I mean, are there still so many more lessons that you're trying to teach me? Listen, this is just one of many lessons that God was teaching Joseph while he was there in the prison that oftentimes God will delay. But listen, while God delays, his plans are not disturbed. There are times, I think, when we're in this situation in our lives, just like Joseph was in the prison. And you know what happens sometimes in our lives is that Satan begins to whisper in our ears. I'm sure that the Satan was probably trying to whisper in Joseph's ear, where's your God now? If your God loved you the way you say he does, then why are you here? Certainly he wouldn't have you in an awful place like this. I think if that was my God, I think I would probably find another God. You see, the devil's real good about whispering things in our ears, is he not? But I'm sure that even though Satan may have tried to get through to Joseph, you know what our response needs to be? Just like Paul wrote to Timothy, Paul wrote, For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You see, God's delays are not God's denials. That was a lesson that God was teaching Joseph in the school of affliction. But are you ready for another lesson? Here it is. There's going to be a test at the end. All right, so make sure you get these. The second lesson is this. God doesn't depart when you are in the dungeon. The Bible tells us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. How many of you believe that? It's a promise from God. God says, no matter where you're at, whatever you're going through, just like Joseph in the dungeon, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That includes some of the most challenging times in our lives. Listen, understand that just by knowing that it was God, God was the one that sent Joseph into Egypt, then why, if we know that it was God that sent him there, why would we expect that God would leave him? God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Look in Psalm 105 there in your notes, how the Bible says, He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet were hurt with fetters. 
He was laid in iron until the time when his word came. The word of the Lord, look at this, tried him. Doesn't sound to me like Joseph was in the Hilton. Doesn't sound like he was having some continental breakfast every morning. That, that room service was changing his bed linens. The Bible says that he was laid in irons. His feet hurt with the fetters. And the Bible says the word of the Lord, God's word will, will work in your life. God's word will try you. That word tried means to refine you. God had not left him alone in this dungeon. The Lord was with him. The Bible tells us that. Well, what was God doing? God was trying him. God was refining him. God was purifying him for future service. See, even in the prison. Listen, even in the prison, Joseph, his education was growing. Joseph was growing and deepening in his walk with God exponentially. The Bible says in Romans 5, not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience what? Hope. Now look at this, I gave this to you. What does the school affliction teach us then? From those two verses in Romans chapter number 5, well, here's the three things. It teaches us this matter of tribulation, how tribulation works patience. What are we talking about? Patience deals with endurance, steadfastness, preservation. In other words, God says, look, I understand you're going through something, and I put you there just like I put Joseph in Egypt. And he says, look, I want you to understand that those tribulations that school of affliction, it is working patience, teaching you to endure all things as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. But look at not only that, but then that patience, it actually works experience. And when it says experience here, it's talking about this is the character that has been tried and proven. God's never going to use something until he's proven it, until he's tried it. God was looking to the day that he was going to use Joseph. And by the way, while he was in the prison, he was using Joseph because Joseph was learning patience, endurance, uh, steadfastness with God. And notice he was receiving experience. He was being tried and proven. But watch this, that experience brings forth hope. What is hope? It's, it is a confident expectation that God will work this for good. Joseph said, look, I don't understand it all. I just know this. I'm here in prison and God's with me. God's working in my life. God is teaching me through the times of, of affliction, patience, and he's given me experience and he's given me hope as long as I realize that he is working for my good. Psalm 42, 5 why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his, what's that last word? Countenance. Countenance. That's a neat word. Look at the verse again. He says, I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. The word countenance means his presence. Hey, listen, how many of you know that going through something is difficult enough, but going through it alone is much more difficult? Amen. 
But I'm going to tell you, if you're a child of God this morning, whatever you're going through, you're not going through it alone. He's there with you. He loves you. The Bible tells us here, I'm going to praise him, Joseph says, for the help of his presence, his countenance. Even in prison, Joseph learned that God's presence was to be preferred to a prosperous course in life. Joseph said, look, instead of being in the palace, Joseph said, I'd much rather have God in my life than to have royalty in my life. Joseph said, you can have all the wealth of this world. Just give me Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. I hope you've learned that lesson early in life. That there is nothing more important in this world than having God in your life. Psalm 51, 11, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. That was David's prayer. You know, David said, listen, I need God in my life. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, that ought to be your number one desire today. God, I'm tired of of, of living this way. I'm tired of, of all the things going on in my life, and I've made a miserable mess out of everything. And this morning, I acknowledge I need you in my life. And if you are saved today, hey, listen, be thankful that you're not going through life alone, that God is there with you, and that when you are in the dungeon, that God doesn't depart from you while you're there. Joseph was learning some good lessons. But here's the third one. Write it down. While he was there, he learned this lesson. That as he was granted mercy, that he too could be the giver of the same. How many of you know the mercy of God? And by the way, the Bible tells us his mercies are new every day. I'm glad that we have a merciful God. Joseph found that out in his life as he was about to be one of the most powerful men in the world. Look back in chapter 39 again, look at verse 21, how the Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph, watch this, and showed him what? Mercy. And gave him what? Favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to, the, to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, but notice, because the Lord was with him, was with Joseph, and that which he did, that which Joseph did, the Lord made it to prosper. See, Joseph was about to become the most powerful man in the world at that time. But Joseph was one that was granted mercy by God. But he was realizing that as God had been merciful to him, that he too needed to be the giver of mercy. I read a historical true story about a mother who one day, many years ago, approached Napoleon. She came to Napoleon, who was a very shrewd man, a, a, a tremendous leader in some realms. But she came to Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. The emperor, when she came and asked for it, he replied to, to someone, he says uh, that, that, that the young man, he told the mother, had committed a certain offense, and he had committed it not once, but twice. And because of that, justice demanded death. But the mother of this son said, but I don't ask for justice. She said, I'm pleading for mercy. He said, but your son does not deserve mercy. 
The mother cried, sir, it would not be mercy if he deserved it, and mercy is all I ask for. And the emperor said, well then, I will have mercy, and he spared the woman's son. You know, I think about how many times in my life God has been merciful unto me when I did not deserve it. And I think about this lesson that Joseph learned. How Joseph had understood how merciful, how good God had been to him. How God had given him favor in prison. And he realized that as God had given to him, that he needed to give that to others. Here's a great verse for you, and you know it's 2 Corinthians 1.4. Look at this verse. Who comforted us in all our tribulation. Can I ask you a question? Who is the who? Who comforts us in all our tribulation? God does, right? Now watch this. God comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Did you get the verse? God says, look, I've been good to you. I've been merciful to you. I've given you comfort. Now I want you to give it to someone else. In the same way that I gave it to you. And so Joseph learned that God's delays are not God's denials. And he learned that while he was in the prison that God was not going to depart from him. And he learned that as God had been merciful to him, he needed to be merciful to others. But notice the fourth lesson he learned was that the glory belongs to God. Remember how we read in chapter 40 and verse 8, how they, they said to Joseph, we have dreamed a dream. The butler and baker said, there's no interpreter. No one can tell us what the dream means. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God? Only God can interpret. Joseph realized that the glory belonged to God. The, this ability was God's. It was not Joseph's. Joseph learned that while he was in prison, that, that he may not have been able to interpret those dreams had it not been for God helping him. And Joseph was, listen, he was all focused. He realized that all the glory belonged to God. This wasn't something he did. I mean, a lot of times in my life or other people's lives, somebody might thank us. They might say something good about us. Hey, listen, right now, you ought to get in the habit of deflecting that praise where it belongs and say, hey, listen, praise the Lord. I mean, a lot of times I'll say to somebody, hey, praise God. Thank the Lord for what he's doing. And Joseph realized, hey, look, this wasn't something I conjured up. This wasn't something that I made up. Joseph's focus on God was part of the secret of his success was he was focusing. Notice in Genesis 41, there in verse 15, how Pharaoh said it. And we'll maybe look at this next week. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamed a dream. And notice here, he said the same thing the butler and baker said. He says, there's none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee. Notice, word got around. The butler and baker and other people found out that, that God was working in Joseph's life and that, that Joseph was, was in tune with God. His focus was on God. And he says, I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, look at his words. 
it is not in me, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. You know what Joseph was saying is, all glory be to God. And that's a tremendous lesson for us to learn in our lives while we're going through situations. But notice the last lesson we see this morning in Joseph's life, and that was Joseph learned this. He learned to leave his confidence in God. To leave his confidence in God. Look back in chapter 40 and verse number 14. Look at the Bible says. He says to them, but think on me when it shall be well with thee. Show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Now, sometimes people think, was that appropriate for Joseph to ask the butler to remember him? Because as we know the Word of God, and of course we understand the story, ultimately it would not be the butler, it would not be the baker that actually got Joseph out of that prison and actually delivered him. We know ultimately it was God that delivered Joseph from that prison. And see, if, if your confidence this morning is in man instead of in God, then your life is one that is on a ground that will bring about disappointment and even bitterness because the Bible says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. Hey, can I tell you, listen to me this morning, I know it's getting about that time. I'm not looking to the White House. I'm not looking to any political party. My eyes are on the Lord this morning. God is still on the throne. He is still sovereign in the affairs of man. Understand this morning that God established government, but anything man touches, man corrupts. That's why we must keep our eyes on the Lord. Joseph understood, listen this morning, that men had failed him repeatedly. Hey, don't look to me this morning. I might fail you. I'm sure all of us have had people that have failed us in our lives. But Joseph's life, it may, listen, although so many people had failed Joseph, you don't find Joseph filled with bitterness. You don't read about it in the Word of God that he had regrets. I mean, he did, he did not daily repeat all the injustices that had happened to him he patiently rested in the one in whom his confidence remained unshaken. Micah 7, look at this. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. What a great testimony. Don't look to man. This morning, I don't know where you're at, but I'll tell you this, many of you probably either are in or about to go into the school of affliction. These lessons that Joseph learned are lessons that we need to learn. That when God delays things in our lives, that doesn't mean God's denying that. Understand that when we're going through a situation, God's not going to leave us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. God will grant us mercy while we're going through it. And God wants us to grant mercy to others. All things that happen in our lives, listen, all of it, God should get the glory out of it. 
And we need to leave our confidence where it belongs, and that is in the Lord. What a great testimony that Paul writes to those in Corinth. And I want you to see these verses. And notice the wording. Remember, these aren't Paul's words. These are the words of God. Whatever you're going through, whatever school you're in today, look what Paul writes for our, what's that word? Light affliction. Which is but for a what? It's but for a moment. But look at this, what this light affliction does. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of what? Glory. See, he says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen, they're temporal. They're not here long. They're going to come, they're going to go. But he says, the things which are not seen are eternal. Do you think, listen, listen, look at me. Do you think while Joseph was in that prison, he could see it all? Same way none of us can. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen today. But I know this. I'm not going through it alone. The Lord is with me. God was with Joseph, and God is with you. Even in the school of affliction, it is well. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? The school of affliction. I don't know how many years most schools... Colleges, 12 grades, maybe four years in college, maybe some, a master's program or a doctorate. The way I look at it is, we're never going to graduate until we go home to be with the Lord. You know what that means? I hate to say this, you're going to be in school the rest of your life. Some of you are like, man, I, I don't like that. Because when you're in school, you've got to take tests. When you're in school, you might have to deal with certain things. You might have to do some projects. But remember, God's working all things together for good. Don't let that word affliction throw you. Remember Hebrews 5, 8? Through his suffering. He learned to be obedient. You ought to say this morning, Christian, God, I know that you have me where you have me, and I know you love me. I don't understand it all, but I know this. I'm so glad that your presence is with me. And if you're here this morning and you've never trusted him as your Savior, this morning, God says to you, why don't you come unto me? Why don't you come to me this morning? Why don't you submit and realize that I loved you so much that I gave my most precious son that you could have eternal life. If you need to be saved today, we're going to have an invitation in just a moment. And we'd like for you to come 
And we'd have somebody take the Bible this morning and show you from the scriptures how that the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this invitation. Help us to respond to the message this morning. God, we came this morning to do business with you. And we're so glad that you said that where two or three are gathered together, that you have promised that you would be in our midst. Lord, this morning you're here. And may we come as Christians to spend time with you at the altar. May we come this morning, those that need salvation, come to receive the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Would you